At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. Live from NPR News in New York City, I'm Dwali Saikautau. President Biden visited South Carolina today, a week before the state holds its presidential primary. As he visited with South Carolina voters, he thanked them for helping him win the presidency four years ago. You're the reason Donald Trump is a loser. And you're the reason we're going to win and beat him again. This is Biden's second trip to the state during a dinner in the capital, Columbia. Biden told the crowd that the U.S. economy has grown more in the last six months than in any point during Trump's entire four years in office. The Commerce Department just days ago said the U.S. economy continued to grow at an annual rate of more than 3.3 percent faster than expected. Meanwhile, former President Trump is in La- was in Las Vegas over the weekend, urging supporters to turn out for next month's Nevada Republican caucus. As Nevada Public Radio's Paul Boger reports, Trump's visit comes as registered Republicans decide whether they want to participate in the state's dueling Republican primary and caucus. Nevada will hold a state-run presidential preference primary on February 6th. However, Nevada Republicans will use a state-run caucus on February 8th to determine their nominee. Trump, who is facing only nominal opposition in the caucus, says Republican voters should just ignore the state primary. Don't go on Tuesday, February 6th. That's two days earlier. Don't do it. Don't use a mail-in ballot. Don't do anything. It's a meaningless event. The state-run presidential preference primaries are required by law for races with more than one qualified candidate. And with former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley choosing to participate in the primary, Trump is already the presumed winner of the Nevada caucus. For NPR News, I'm Paul Boger in Reno. The State Department says it's approved the sale of some $23 billion worth of fighter jets to Turkey. The delayed sale has severely strained the relationship between Ankara and Washington, reporter Willem Marx explains. The sale of the 40 F-16 fighter jets and upgrades to dozens of other jets has been linked for almost two years to Sweden's accession to NATO, something Turkey has only just ratified. The U.S. Congress frequently postponed the approved transfer of the Lockheed Martin-produced aircraft until Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan finally signed off on Sweden's membership. New NATO members require unanimous approval by existing members, and Ankara had been unhappy with Sweden's granting of asylum to Kurdish individuals who it considered terrorists. The Swedes responded to those concerns by tightening domestic anti-terrorism laws, and now only Hungary has yet to approve Sweden's effort to join NATO that was prompted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. For NPR News, I'm Bill Marks. The head of the main UN aid agency in Gaza has warned that its work is collapsing after nine donors decided to cut funding. This is NPR News from New York. U.S. Customs and Border Protection says more than 370,000 undocumented migrants were arrested nationwide in December, with some 80,000 apprehensions occurring in the Arizona-Tucson sector. A week ago, a University of Illinois student was found dead outside in Urbana during sub-zero weather. As Illinois Public Media's Emily Hayes reports, the student's parents have filed a complaint against campus police for failing to find him. A friend of Akul Dawin called the University of Illinois Police Department around 1 a.m. on January 20th. The university says police searched the area, including the path he would have taken home, as well as local hospitals. 
Dawin's body was found 10 hours later on campus. Ish Dawin is Akul's father. He says he wants to know how police missed his child. I am going to hold them accountable for Akul's, Akul's death. Imagine a child being frozen to death on the campus in this day and age. The Champaign County Coroner's Office says preliminary results show signs of hypothermia, but a final autopsy report is still pending. For NPR News, I'm Emily Hayes in Urbana, Illinois. The largest remaining hospital in Gaza, Nasser, can no longer offer critical medical care, according to Doctors Without Borders. The Independent Medical Humanitarian Assistance Group says the surgical capacity at the facility is almost non-existent. A medical coordinator says people's lives are at risk because of the lack of medical care. This is NPR News from New York City. I'm Dwali Saikautau.